here's the deal. Eating, working out, and having a body is meant to feel easy and natural, not like World War III. And that starts with thinking about these things differently. Shift your inner world and start thriving. This is the Think to Thrive podcast. Hang with me here every Wednesday where I'll be chatting with women who have gone from full speed ahead on the struggle bus to ease and flow in their health journey so that you can too. I'm Jenny Lurch, your host. I'm a certified health and wellness coach, intuitive fitness trainer, and body empowerment enthusiast. It is my literal life's mission on the planet to help women liberate themselves from the diet culture suck fest so that they can finally find flow in their health journeys and experience a joy-filled, meaningful, fun AF life. All right, ladies, let's freaking do this. Welcome to the 50th episode of Think to Thrive. I'm just sitting here basking in what feels like a significant milestone for me. And to celebrate, I am bringing on a guest. I have a guest today to share with you that is actually one of my dream guests. And her story today, as well as her line of work, is going to shake things up a bit on the podcast and stretch what we are comfortable with, which, I mean, I can't think of a better way to celebrate 50 episodes than stretching the old comfort zone. Um, I also am doing a giveaway, which I will share more about after this gorgeous intro. So today, my guest is the magnetic Nadine Lee. Nadine is the founder of Tantric Alchemy, her company that helps people awaken the divine feminine in union with the divine masculine and return home to themselves. She's a teacher of the feminine tantric arts, feminine embodiment coach, and nutritionist. At the core of her work, she is here to expand your mind, body, and soul. She helps you break down conditioning and stories that bind you and hold you back from living your truest potential. Nadine shares with us today about her transformational journey going from a place with food and with body and exercise that she describes as non-acceptance, pain, discomfort, to where she is now, which she describes as intuitive, nourishing, and authentic. Some key points that we cover in our conversation are the healing power of sacred sexuality, all of the ways we can become disconnected from our bodies and how to reconnect through feminine embodiment, the role of sexual abuse at age six played into her struggles, eating in accordance to the phase of your menstrual cycle and how that can connect you with your body, how transitions and feeling out of control exacerbated her struggles, and per usual, so much more. I really love this conversation and story because Nadine is at this complete and total intuitive place in her relationship with food and with her body and with fitness, and she's never even heard of intuitive eating. And this is really cool to me because like, the end goal, the ultimate freedom for all of us is this place of deep connection with our body, where our body is giving us those signals and cues of what, when, how to eat, what, when, how to work out, and we simply follow them. And this is our birthright. It is our default setting. It just gets buried underneath 
layers and layers and layers of cultural conditioning. And I think it's so beautiful that there is no one right way or really even just one way to get to this really deeply intuitive place. So Nadine's path has been all about reconnecting with herself, her deepest self, with her body, with her womb space and that lower grounded part of her body and living from this embodied intuitive place. Get litty, get excited. This is a good one. So furthermore, to celebrate the 50th episode, I am doing a giveaway the giveaway of which is $50. I'm giving away $50. Here's how you become a recipient of $50. To enter the giveaway, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you can't leave a review, you can just email me. Um, yep, that's pretty much it. Leave a review and I'm going to randomly pick the winner between now and when the next episode is released. And at the end of your review, leave your Venmo handle and I will Venmo somebody $50. And this isn't, I don't like those shows where they're like groveling for reviews, but I know that there are shows that I listen to religiously and have meant to leave reviews for, but always forget to. Um, So this is your opportunity to, if, if you have had that experience where you love my show, you love my guests, you love consuming this content, um, you can give back and possibly receive $50. So would love to celebrate with you all in this way. Yeehaw. Love y'all. Excited for this episode. I now present to you the magnetic Nadine Lee. Nadine Lee, thank you so much for being with me today. How's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me. And yeah, I'm doing really well today. Nice. So to kick things off, to get those listening acquainted with who you are, we're going to pretend that this is your dating profile. So um, go ahead and just share a little bit about who you are what you do and what sort of things you enjoy <laughs> my dating profile I don't actually have a dating profile I'm not I've never actually used a dating app but <laughs> so I don't even know what I would write but I guess I'll just share yeah what I <sighs> I live in Bali I've been here on and off for the past four years but now the past year has been you know full-time here um and yeah the transition to living here was actually a really huge transition in my life four years ago really anchoring in living in alignment with what I truly desired so it feels like really good to be here and just really anchoring that frequency in um before that you know I was living in Australia I was on like an exploration journey through spirituality and all the things living in ashrams going to this retreat this ashram um this course hopping all over the world without a base basically for all of my 20s (laughs) and what really ignited that journey was um yeah like 
living completely out of alignment, you know. So early 20s, thankfully, I clicked on and realised I didn't want to be living in corporate life, doing a job that just paid bills, that was what my parents wanted of me and what society thought was, you know, expected of me and what I thought I should be doing. So, yeah, now I'm like, it's been, I'm just like rewinding a bit, but like, that's really what's brought me to this point. And right now I'm running a business called Tantric Alchemy, which is a combination of like everything I've embodied and experienced up until now, you know, in my life from, um, from my, throughout my whole life, really. And it's really a, a school of awakened arts. I like to see it as that offers like courses, online courses, trainings and resources and mentorships for um, men and women, but mainly women around activating that creative energy, that erotic energy within us, and then learning how to channel that through the body and, um, and harmonizing, you know, the polarities of the inner masculine and feminine. So we can show up, you know, in our relationships in our business in full capacity and full power. And so, you know, I work specifically in the realms of, um, Tantra, like the principles of Tantra, how that influences, yeah, you're relating to life, to your partner, to yourself and to business. So they're my main passions now. And um, yeah, I've got like trainings and courses and mentorships that are fully flowing throughout the year and keep me busy. And I love, um, you know, outside of work, like, oh, I don't even see it as work, but, you know, outside of the Tantric alchemy realm, I love um, you know, pursuing my other creative expressions like DJing. So I DJ and painting and writing. So, um, and yeah, being inspired by nature, you know, that's the big thing being in nature a lot. So that's really a bit about me. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm swiping right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a Tinder profile, you don't really write anything like that. It's just like age 33, like star sign, you know, hobbies, like that's it. So yeah. that wouldn't be a Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the um, spiritually enlightened dating app. <laughs> yeah, an app where people want to actually connect to your soul, not just want to have sex with you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a business idea here. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be in the works already. Come on. Yeah. Um, beautiful. So you now are at this really amazing place in your relationship with your body and with food and with exercise. Um, I know that hasn't always been the case for you. So can you just take us back to the time when maybe you were on the struggle bus with those things and just yeah, share about what led up to that and um, just how it was for you. Yeah, I mean, I can remember the first kind of sparks of like eating disorder and body image stuff coming up around the age of nine, to be honest. I was a gymnast, like a really high level gymnast on the path to like going into you know full Olympics Commonwealth Games style and so I was training like 
ridiculous like hours like maybe I think it was like five times a week each session was four hours so like 20 hours a week of like intensive training and so you know that that was I loved it I was I was so passionate about gymnastics I loved every moment of the training but I remember getting qualified for the next level or whatever and them saying the coach is saying to me you know yeah, you're a bit heavy on your feet and your hips are a bit wide and you're going to need to lose a little bit of weight. And I was already like toned as fuck. <laughs> like, you know, I was like muscly as you can be as a nine-year-old. And um, yeah, I just remember thinking like, oh, there's something wrong with my body. I need to like lose weight, you know? So I remember dieting, you know, like they put me on some diet plan and it never crossed my mind before that really like, that I there's anything wrong with my body so that kind of triggered something then but it wasn't like a big issue but it was like this kind of disconnect from oh it's like I wasn't okay within myself like someone else was telling me I needed to change my body so that sparked something and then I kind of finished up gymnastics actually by the age of 13 I decided not to go down the full professional gymnast path so yeah I ended up choosing you know school system and yeah that realm that route because I would have had to not go to school or have any education because it was like a full-time career um and I don't know if that was actually part of my choice or like my my parents influence I can't even fully remember but it was probably my parents influencing that decision and then you know so yeah so I, I didn't really have much of the eating sort of stuff or body image stuff throughout that um, 13 up until 17. So when I was 17, I had, um, um, yeah, bout of eating disorders. So, you know, I was like going through a lot of stress when I was in my final year of school, my parents were like divorcing. Um, I was experiencing kind of a lot of depression and anxiety from a could like an, a spiritual awakening. I actually experienced when I was 15 that was still kind of lingering on. And um, that was like, a, that's a whole nother story, but that was a huge shift in my reality. And I, the way I dealt with it was like, I felt like I lost control of everything in my, like in my mind in, I just lost control because I went into this full spiritual awakened state for three days and then came back into reality. And I was like, whoa, like I never want to get back into that losing control state again. So a part of like controlling my, reality was like controlling what I ate and like how my body looked so and then also combined with you know my parents divorcing and high school pressures and all that it was like okay I can't control anything so I'm going to control what I how I look and um and I was yeah just watching all the calories bulimic as well like throwing up after most meals eating basically just like lettuce and a bit of fruit like I was yeah really really getting skinnier and skinnier and was obsessed like I remember going to um schoolies which is the equivalent of like spring break I think in America and it's like this you know the week of like partying when you finish school and having fun and I just remember not drinking alcohol because I thought it would like put on weight and if I did I'd throw it up and like if I w went out too late and ate something like sugary, I got up really early in the morning, went for a run. And it was just like, just taking over my life. And 
so yeah so that was like probably a really low point I remember that being at schoolies and just feeling like I'm like not happy you know like my body is so toned and skinny but I'm like miserable you know and then it kind of like took me deeper into when I left school really processing my parents divorce and what happened when I was 14 or 15 this spiritual awakening and actually what it led back to was um a like an like I was sexually abused when I was six six years old and when I would go into the eating disorder the control tendencies it was linking back to really processing um losing control of my body as a young girl you know that and that was the link and so this fascinated me like learning about this within myself and then I started to research and get you know professional support and do lots of different healing modalities and I ended up studying nutrition you know so I went to university did the whole like university and then worked in um advertising and marketing for like two years after university but I was simultaneously like you know learning about nutrition and all these things and then yeah I eventually studied nutrition became a nutritionist and then started coaching women with um, the same thing that I'd experienced the whole eating disorder and then linking it back to actually like sexual abuse a lot of the time or some sort of disconnect from the body boundaries you know so yeah that was that was really yeah I think like what inspired a lot of it and yeah I had another like relapse of the eating disorder when I was transitioning out of corporate world so that was like 22 around that age and I really think it was because again I had a, a surge of spiritual energy that came through me like a really strong again not as intense as when I was 15 but it was like another wave of this like awakening energy and I wasn't like as strict and as obsessed with my weight then but like my body because I was bringing in so much spiritual energy my body was just churning up energy very fast and I was like losing weight really rapidly but still eating you know proper not as you know I was still watching what I was eating but like it wasn't as bad but yeah I was I lost a lot of weight then and I got pretty thin then and um yeah I've just noticed that around spiritual awakening times I've gone through a eating disorder because it's like brought up different traumas or different memories you know or like tr big transitions in my life you know that time of like um leaving school huge transition lots of things to be processed and then like leaving the that life that I thought I knew another process so it's almost been like some correlation with that like losing control of my external reality it's like okay I can control my body so yeah that's that's really they're probably the worst times that I've experienced the the eating disorder stuff mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, the transitions. I feel like it doesn't get talked enough, talked about enough how um, stressful transitions are. Even if they're great and exciting, it's mm -hmm. still our bodies and our minds are like, it's the unknown, you know? And um, 
Yeah, that's a theme that I've noticed in my in myself and with all of my desk guests. Like the transitions are when it can really trigger um, those old behaviors. So when you were like in your teens and struggling with that stuff, did you tell anybody about it or was it a more secretive thing? Um, yeah, I mean, people noticed it, but not many people said anything except for my parents, you know, and my family members, they were like, oh, you're getting a bit skinny. Like you need to, you know, eat. And obviously they saw what I was eating at home. But yeah, yeah, that's really it. Like no one else really commented on it. Oh, actually, yeah, a friend did when I was in, when I was like 22 around that. But one of my closest friends, she she picked up on it because we were living together. So she saw my like tendencies <laughs> and how, yeah, obsessed I was. Mm. So, man, it starts off at age nine. You have this moment where... I mean, it's like that initial disconnect of like, my body is wrong. It's not, my body isn't okay. And um, yeah, just kind of continued from there through the transitions of you wanting to clamp down on something to feel in control. And you have the spiritual awakenings, which would be so scary if you didn't know and like understand or have someone to help you make sense of it. Um, it sounds like you've done a lot of reflection and introspection about all of this to understand the root of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what like the past, you know, I'm 33 now, like past decade has really been like really consciously looking at all this stuff and unpacking it. And, you know, there's still so much more, I don't even maybe know, you know, so it's like, it's just life, like just uncovering the layers of the unconscious and getting to know ourselves deeper. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you could pick three keywords to describe that phase of your life, what would those three words be? Hmm. I guess non-acceptance pain and yeah discomfort Mm -hmm. yeah and so you mentioned when things kind of started to shift for you have this low point at schoolies that's such a (laughs) wonderful word (laughs) schoolies um (laughs) and what did did that feel like a catalyst moment like did you seek out help after that or kind of when did what did it look like for things to really start to shift for you Mm. yeah it was after school finished I remember just um coming back into yeah it was like out of school out of the stress and we're in our like break before university started and just like spending a lot of time with friends and, you know, being like in that joyful state again, it really like, I let go of a lot of the, yeah, the control strictness around it all. So 
I just naturally kind of came out of it in a way. And it's not like I excessively put on heaps of weight, but like I just started to come back to a healthy weight and not as, um, not as like obsessed, but to be honest, like I still had the like, the thoughts in my mind around, oh, I don't want to eat that because I might put on weight. Probably up until I was 28, you know, like it was still there. Like I wasn't like underweight or anorexic or throwing up, but like those thoughts were still in my mind. Like, oh, no, I don't want to eat that because it might put on weight later. So it was still this like deprivation and like control and not fully just allowing life, you know. So, yeah, that's only been, yeah, 28, so I'm 33, like the past five years where I've actually <clears throat> felt more just like at ease <laughs> with all of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how deep those thoughts can run. And I mean, even if our behaviors in our body looks a certain way like that doesn't mean we're still not like being so heavily operated by and just those like fear patterns around food which are so common and um take up so much headspace (laughs) yeah it really does so what played into you being able to slip into this place of ease around 28 Well, I think it was a few things, but um, I I feel that was when I started to come into my body fully and start to make that descent into being embodied. So not living so much in the head and in these like kind of mystical states, I was actually starting to come into my body. So I was like working with my menstrual cycle, working with my womb, healing my womb, like really bringing the energy and focus into the lower part of my body, my womb and my yoni and like really healing those two parts of me and so I was like feeling like oh wow I'm actually in my body and I felt more at ease in my body and so that was a key because if you're not in your body then there's this like complete disconnect it's like oh what is this thing you know if you're just living in your head and then you want to control it so I think that was part of it and um and when you feel that when I felt that I just felt yeah just more yeah, I guess just at peace and in, in embodied and accepting of my body. And I also was in a relationship. I got in a relationship around that time, which was really significant. And it was really the first time I felt, um, yeah, like a man really, really making note of how much he loved my body. And, you know, even though it was someone else saying it to me, it was like, it's almost like, you know, when you don't really love yourself, if someone else is saying it to you, it kind of just starts to brainwash you into loving yourself, <laughs> you know, like, of course we need to love ourselves first, but I think that reminder of for the external can really reiterate it. So, and help you remember that you love yourself, you love your body. So I think that was really healing and, you know, making love and just being so, so like honored and just like, being told how beautiful my body was like every day I was like wow like you know that really impacted me and it was really after that that um yeah like a lot of things shifted I feel like that sacred sexuality really healed a lot of it 
to be honest and through the love making and um being loved you know for my body and for me um and then I got to feel that for myself once that relationship ended you know and go deeper into like okay I love my body and um yeah deepening into that self-love yeah so Mm. that's beautiful and I mean it makes a lot of sense because I feel like just as women and the culture we live in we're programmed to not love our bodies and that's that's just like our default operating system basically is to be critical and nitpicky um if not just like the absence of love and so it it makes a lot of sense like receiving that from another person it kind of opens you up to um getting out of those negative thought patterns and like being like oh this is. And then it sounds like once he was out of your life, then you were still in a place to receive that, but more from yourself at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the gift, you know, of mm-hmm. relationship. Well, and I think this is cool too, because I feel like um, there can be a theme of like, I don't need no man. I'm, I'm good on my own. Like I can, you know, do give this all to myself but it mm-hmm. can be really pivotal and really beautiful for um yeah a relationship with a man to open your eyes to like beauty that you didn't recognize in yourself yeah for sure yeah and I think that yeah that is like one of the gifts you know in that relating it's like yeah we can we can do it all alone we don't need like you know, as sovereign beings, as adults, but, you know, it's nice to share that, that sovereignty and love with another person and, you know, go even deeper into your fullest potential through a relationship. Like, I think that's really, really the beauty, you know, and heal a lot of these wounds that can come up that only really get healed through love, you know, and sometimes we don't have that full capacity within ourselves so we need to like be loved by someone else to remind us how to love ourselves you know and then we're left alone but then we're like we've gained all this like kind of oh that's how I love myself that how they loved me you know and I think that's the thing we think it's like oh I need them to love me but really they're just teaching us how to love ourselves (laughs) damn that's beautiful yeah and it, it's also kind of a rewrite of the narrative of like what a breakup can be, you know, it's like, um, it, it's not all loss. Like look at everything that you can learn and, uh, take from and open up to after a relationship. Okay. So my listeners have probably never heard the word Yoni and are, not familiar with the idea of sacred sexuality so can you just riff a little bit maybe like sacred sexuality 101 yeah um yeah I mean so yeah I mean it's it's like bringing the sacredness to sexuality so you know not seeing it as just um something we do just to 
I guess, I don't know, get external validation or get off or get, get something from someone, like whether that's an orgasm or yeah, validation. Um, and even going beyond just like what we see it as, you know, sex is like a primal thing just to like make babies, you know, it's beyond that. It's bringing in like the element of sexuality being a portal to spirituality, you know, so as a way to access like deeper, higher states of consciousness through sexuality so like going into remembering like you know that true state of who you are like going into the oneness you know all these things we talk about in spiritual terms like the no mind like and really seeing each other from that place so it's like beyond just um you know your personalities like that you were two physical embodiments of the divine and you hear like sharing your bodies and your souls and merging those two in a way that's so sacred and so profound, like literally inviting another being into your body physically, but also into your soul. And when you see it from that perspective, it's like you can't just go around and like just have sex with anyone because it's like you're really like opening up a lot to this person. As a woman, you're taking in every man that you're with all of his like karmic imprints and DNA, you absorb that into your womb. And so when you see your body as a sacred temple, your yoni, which means sacred space, your vagina, you know, you're not just going to let anyone in that space. It's like really honoring like the body as a temple, like literally a temple. And yeah, you, you're only letting, yeah, things that are worthy and of sacred caliber into that space so um yeah it's bringing in things like ritual and um and just reverence you know and seeing it like each time you're making love it's like a ritual or like a prayer as opposed to like unconsciously just like oh let's just fuck and just like get off you know what I mean it's like no let's like bring in like okay like we're actually like merging our beings right now like this is the most powerful energy on the planet this sexual energy let's intentionally merge these energies and um co-create with this so you know usually it's like co-creating a child in the in the human realm but like you're not obviously creating babies every time you have sex with your partner so what else can you create together so it's like intentionally planting seeds of creation what can we co-create with this creative sexual energy that we're like activating between one another you know not just like from the yeah that lower kind of self egoic pleasure um gratification you know there's nothing wrong with pleasure but like just like you know what I'm referring to just yeah just getting off kind of thing yeah mm, yeah thank you for that explanation and I feel like to engage in sacred sexuality that requires one to begin to see them themselves as sacred and to see their body as a temple and to, um, yeah, like shore up a bunch of self-worth and, um, like recognizing your value and 
things that I feel like those are the things that are, that are missing in the midst of body image struggles. So yeah. I'm curious for you, how did you, I don't know, like, how did you get into sacred sexuality? Did that, did you see connection with your relationship with your body and like um, eating disordery thoughts? Do you get what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it was kind of like all linked together. So, you know, having sexual abuse at the age of six, it's like um, completely disconnected from my body because my body was touched without consent. So, you know, I was like out of body, fragmented from my body, disconnected from my body. And then so a way to try and connect to the body was like through controlling the food and connecting by seeing it lose weight and then gain weight it's like oh I'm connecting to it but in a really weird way but not in a loving way you know so um and I really believe that there is a huge link between between the disconnect to our sexuality and um and eating disorders you know not always but like there is usually a big link with if there's some sort of like something going on with the yeah eating disorder it's usually linked back to something to do with like your relationship to your body your and your sexuality and you know a lot of the times even as children like it doesn't have to mean you were sexually abused but even like being um shamed for um I don't know touching yourself as a child or um you know just like comments that come through maybe your parents or school like oh don't do that that's that's dirty or um even like men getting circumcised, you know, this is like disconnecting a man instantly from their body, like straight away from birth. It's like their body is being like violated, their genitals, you know. So it's like there's so many layers of body shame that come through and then that really shuts us down from seeing the sacredness of our body. So then we can just use our body as just a dumping ground and just that that enforces that kind of like trashing our body with meaningless sex you know what I mean? So if you see your body and feel really in your body, feel like the, um, is this a full yes in my body to let this person in my body? You're more likely to engage in sacred sexuality. And so for me, it was really, that was the journey, you know, <laughs> going from complete disconnect to, um, yeah, feeling actually the sacredness of this temple and, um, what's okay and what's not okay and reclaiming that power from losing you know having no control over someone touching me at six years old so it's like yeah it's a gift in a way like to really you know come to this place like from the struggle of that incident it's like I've alchemized it into into this this realm yeah that's amazing like this horrific thing that happened to you really played such a huge role in the direction of your life and um, like your healing journey and discovery and spiritual and to the work that you do now. That's epic. So I'm curious about like what your, what am I trying to ask? Like as your, you grew in um, spirituality how did that guide your path in regards to healing your relationship with body and um, 
learning embodiment and engaging in sacred sexuality? Like what guided you to those things? What guided me to, to what specifically? I don't understand the question. How was your um, like spirituality, your connection to the divine? Do you feel like that is what was kind of allowing your path to unfold and what was leading you to the work that you do now? Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, the connection to the divine is always there. It's not like it just turned on. And I think that's true for everyone. It's, yeah, I struggle with that whole, like, I'm a spiritual person. Like we're all spiritual, you know, but um, I think what drew me towards it was feeling the polarity of feeling so disconnected from that spiritual connection, really deeply depressed and really deeply in the stories of, of things and, the suffering and pain that that was the catalyst to be like, okay, something needs to change. You know, I can't live like this. This is not true. And I think that's the catalyst for most people. You know, they go through something that is like, this isn't how I want to be living. This is not what I want. And maybe it's a slow burn or it's like a very drastic event. And for me, it was quite, yeah, radical. And I was like, okay, like, this is not what I want. And the fire was strong to shift my reality into what I truly wanted. And it wasn't like it happened overnight. You know, it was like a journey and it still is unfolding. Like the journey never ends. It's just like, yeah. So, yeah. So can you just share about your, what your relationship with food and um, your body and with exercise is like these days? Yeah. So now I basically just, (laughs) I call it like the goddess diet. And it's like, (laughs) it's funny because yeah, I wrote like an ebook. My first ebook I wrote many years ago, it was called the goddess diet and it was eat, live, love intuitively, you know, and authentically. And it was really like the first kind of tapping into that, like eating intuitively, living intuitively, you know, and authentically. And that's essentially what I'm really like embodying now. Like I wrote that like probably eight years ago, but like, I'm not, I didn't really fully embody it until, you know, since 28. And what I, yeah it's really just it's just that like whatever I feel like eating whatever my body I'm so more connected to my body now it's like what does my body need you know like what do I actually need today to feel good and feel like nourished and that changes every day so I can't stick to some like diet plan even though it's called the goddess diet it's not a diet it's just like a way of being so you know sometimes I need grounding. So I'll eat like some, um, a bit of meat or sweet potatoes or like, you know, root vegetables. Sometimes I'm feeling super like a lot of energy. So like, or heavier energy. So I need like just salads, like lighter things. So it's very intuitive. It's always very clean and organic and healthy. And I don't limit myself. Like sometimes I'm like, I just, I want to eat chocolate for breakfast. So I have like a cacao treat for breakfast, you know, like I'm kind of very all over the place and I eat very random hours as well. So, you know, I'll have like 
Before I would be regimented breakfast, lunch, dinner. Now it's like, literally, I don't even think about what time it is. It's just like, oh, I feel hungry right now. So maybe I'll eat breakfast at like, I don't know, 11 or 12. And then I'll eat lunch at like 5 p.m. You know, it's like when I feel hungry, I eat. And what, what I feel I need, I'll try and get that if I can get it wherever I am. And um, so that's a huge difference, you know, really letting go of these ideas of like what we need to eat and when we need to eat. Like, it's so weird. Like, I can't imagine eating three meals a day now. It just, I'd feel very heavy actually. And it's a bit, it's just like, it's actually really draining to think about, oh, I've got to make my breakfast and I'm going to make my lunch and I'm going to make, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it doesn't flow with my lifestyle now. And, um, and, you know, I work a lot with the menstrual cycle. You know, I teach menstruation magic and how to work with your menstrual cycle. So I eat according to the phases of the cycle as well. So, you know, when I'm, and I teach about this in my course, The Creatress, like when you're, um, bleeding obviously you need more grounding foods when you're ovulating lighter foods so that just happens naturally um and yeah and exercise it's now in the past couple of years I've actually gotten back into more strength training and like high intensity workouts like so I do a lot of um HIIT training and hot Pilates and hot yoga I've just taken up Muay Thai like, and I do my yoga, yoga every day is my practice, like in the mornings, yoga, meditation. And again, these things are what I'm tuning into. Okay. What is my body authentically needing at this phase of my life? I need to, I, I personally want to feel strong, stronger in my body right now and more grounded. So I'm doing, you know, a lot of like weights, like very grounding, you know, and squats and like, Muay Thai is like very in your body like strong strong workouts and you know whereas before it was like I would just run and do really boring workouts at the gym because I knew it would make me lose weight so that was my motivation for working out whereas now it's like I want to work out because I love how I feel after that class like I love feeling so strong in my body I love like that feeling of just like strength in my legs and feeling rooted in the earth you know so it's like a different perspective it's like coming from self-love not self um harm you know it was like I just remember it felt just like a chore but I knew that I would get results like I'm gonna get up every morning and run for 10 kilometers because I know it's gonna make me skinny and that's in my mind every every part of the run and it's like oh like such a drain you know and then now it's like, yeah, and, um, and you know, it's not like I have, oh, I've got to do this amount of classes each week. It's just whenever, again, I try and do about like three big workouts a week, but like I'm not stressing out if I don't make, you know, like two of them or if, you know, but I try and get at least two or three like big workouts, like an hour long hit class is like a lot. <laughs> like I did Muay Thai yesterday and I'm like, I can't even move today. So I just did yoga today, you know, whereas in the past I would have been like, oh no, I've got to run this morning, even though I'm in pain, I've got to keep exercising. Whereas now it's like, no, my body is literally so sore. I need to just like do Shavasana and some gentle stretching <laughs> this morning. So yeah, that's the difference now.
Yeah. Damn. You're so deeply connected to your body and its cues and like honor them. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you could kick someone's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have you read the book Intuitive Eating? Are you familiar with it? No. Wow. I love that. Oh, that's so cool. The the book, it's super popular um, in the realm of like healing disordered eating and disordered exercise and stuff. And it the idea is that it gets you to the place that you are describing right now, <laughs> just like this deeply connected intuitive place. And I think it's really freaking cool that there's there's all different paths and like all different portals to arrive to that place and yeah it doesn't have to be like this regimented 10-step process like it's all about like deeply connecting to the body at the end of the day yeah and honestly like what I really feel is like when you um when you have this like more relaxed attitude in your being like your nervous system's more relaxed so when your nervous system is relaxed you don't hold on to stress and that's when you don't hold on to weight and when you're holding on to emotions, heavy emotions, that also manifests as extra weight in your body. So when you're approaching life from this more relaxed state and more intuitive state and embodied state, you naturally balance out your natural body weight. So in yoga, when I learned this in yoga, they taught us everyone has a healthy weight that they're meant to be. So some people are actually meant to have a little bit more solidness. Some people are meant to be, their natural weight is like thinner, like whatever your natural balance point of homeostasis is, you will, you will get to that in your body naturally. If you just focus on um, basically being um, relaxed and happy essentially, and having less resistance in your, emotions and in your in your mind and so yoga helps with that a lot you know and I saw that like when I was doing a lot of living in ashrams like I was eating a lot of food you know because we're doing so much work um, with the yoga and my body would just like balance to a really like different weight because it was just like had less resistance I'm doing so much you know um, clearing every day with the yoga and (laughs) And I really, really believe that. So it's like, you know, some people trying to get some people with a bigger frame, bigger bones, and they're trying to get to a really skinny weight. That's not, it's your body. It's not natural. And you're, you're not in your natural state of being. So when you're not, when you're going out of harmony of what you truly are, that's when suffering arises, you know? So accepting that some of us, have bigger structures of bones so you're meant to have a bit more meat on you or some are like thinner bones so you know it's like everyone's got their unique imprint and body type yes 100 percent. and uh, I feel like it's just so much harder for those who are in bigger frames to um maybe it's not harder necessarily there's just a lot more cultural 
conditioning around the idea that like thin is right. Like smaller is better. Everyone mm. should be trying to be smaller. And um, yeah. Yeah. It's the other way around. Like it should be focusing on how you feel, you know, because like you can tell when someone, you know, they might um, be a size 12 or 14 or 16, whatever. But like, if they, you can tell they feel good in themselves and like feel really like, it's like, yeah, they're like radiating, you know, you don't even see that. Whereas if someone's feeling very uncomfortable in their themselves, then that radiates and you could be like a size zero and feel that. And it, it doesn't seem attractive because you can feel what's on the inside of someone. And that's what we need to focus more on is like, focusing on the inner world and then the outer just manifests to its natural state, you know? And, um, and I think ultimately it's just about being healthy, you know? And if you feel healthy, like, and clear, yeah, you could be a size 12, you could be a size eight. It doesn't matter. It's just like, if you feel healthy, you feel you've got enough energy, you feel like just clear in your energy. That's what matters the most. Yes. So much yes. So if you could pick three keywords to describe where you are now in your relationship with food and your body and like with exercise, what would those three words be? Um, intuitive, nourishing, and um, authentic. Mm. Yes, I can see that. Okay, so I know that the work that you do is focused on balancing masculine and feminine energies. I'm curious about how you how you see that work playing into our relationship with food and with our bodies. Or do, do you mm. see a connection between those things? Yeah, well, I really feel like when you're really in your body, you're more connected to the feminine because the feminine is the body. It's the physical world. So that's why a lot of, um, you know, when you like working with embodying more of your feminine is really working with like embracing your body and all the things that come with that. So that's like your menstruation and like, um, yeah like the physical womb and like your yoni and all the things so um when you're in your when you're in living solely in your masculine polarity you're more in like your upper chakras and like in your head and you know in your body basically so um coming more into your body you become more into your feminine polarity and you're more grounded and of the earth yeah yeah totally and I feel like too like because the masculine is very like structure and um planning and stuff which aligns with like diets and meal plans and going with like external structure and really being in your feminine is that flow and in your body and it sounds like you have that really deep connection with your body, which then informs your food choices and your workout choices. And um, yeah. yeah, that's it for sure. Yeah. Living more from your intuition as well. 
that's mm-hmm. that feminine connection to your body like what do I need what am I feeling you know not like oh no I need to do this this is what we're doing you're going to eat this today even though you don't like it you know like that's like I guess like that's a pretty intense masculine <laughs> yeah it's more like, I guess like structure to its extreme <laughs> yeah yeah okay last question before we wrap her up today what are your words of wisdom or encouragement to someone listening who maybe is feeling really stuck in their relationship with food or with their body, um, maybe the past version of yourself? Um, yeah, I would say just mm, to the past version. Yeah, just to really just relax a little bit more. I mean, that's not really what you want to hear when you're in that space, but um, I guess just to say, you're I accept you as you are you know like saying that to yourself like looking at your body and being like I accept you as you are you know you don't you're beautiful as you are like just really like loving yourself and even if it feels awkward just like really um trying to like infuse some of that and that's something I teach girls in my courses to do is like focusing on a body part that they don't like and trying to give that energy every day so if it's like you know just say your booty like massaging your booty every day and like having like a positive affirmation like I love my booty I love my booty even though it feels like it doesn't really resonate doing that and then also focusing on your favorite part of your body and amplifying that part of your body and saying like I love my eyes or my lips or whatever so you're like just like rewiring your relationship to a part you don't really like and then a part you do to kind of link up the the positive feedback cycle that's a really good starting point and to also get connected to your menstrual cycle is a huge thing because that is like that gateway into coming really into your feminine energy and into your body so you can start to make um, decisions and um, from that place of where what you're wanting to what your body needs to eat what it needs to feel nourished and strong or flexible whatever workouts you know so that they are the biggest things I feel that have helped me and what I like to teach people starting that journey you know yes so practical Nadine this has been so wonderful how can anyone listening connect with you work with you can you share about where you are on the interwebs and all of the amazing things that you offer yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram at tantric.alchemy. That's my IG. And then also my website is www.tantricalchemy.net. And that's where all my online courses are, such as the Creatress, which is a course to help you connect to your menstrual cycle. Each four phases, giving you different practices and um, my mentorships and um other programs I took the creatress course and it's fire and has been so helpful Uh, let the record show (laughs) great well thank you so much for coming on today and sharing so openly with me and dropping hella wisdom bombs along the way
Yeah, you're welcome. Great. Well, enjoy the rest of your day because it's daytime in Bali. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, me again. This is your reminder that if you would like to enter the giveaway, the opportunity to win $50 to celebrate with me, the 50th episode of the podcast, you can leave a review on iTunes and add your Venmo handle and I will randomly select a winner between now and the next episode. I am so glad that you chose to queue up Think to Thrive today. This is a meaningful step towards your goal, so kudos to you. Hey, question. How can you make someone else's day better today? Think about it. And tune in to the next episode of Think to Thrive. I'm Jenny. Thanks for listening. Thank you.